Good afternoon. We're live. It is 3.09 Central Standard Time, 9.09 BST in the UK. This is the Nomad Tech Project with Sam and Joe coming to you live hey. on a Sunday afternoon, evening, if you're in the UK. And if you're, I guess if you're in uh, Philippines, I guess it might even be tomorrow. Who knows? I don't know. I don't think we have any Philippine guests that stream or listen. Australia future. Australia. Yep. There you go. New Zealanders, maybe. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So welcome to the show, and if you are paying attention to the stream, and if you're not, you should be. We have a special guest. We have Shark Fintech. We finally got him in. He's a very hard man to track down, apparently. Um, he's very busy, <laughs> and we're not exactly, uh, you know, like the White House calling to, to have an interview no, or, or a meeting, like, come in the West Wing. So, well, we appreciate your time. So thanks for coming on on Sunday afternoon. You're very busy, and you got a lot of stuff going on. So thanks for sharing. No, I'm absolutely uh, thrilled to be here, uh, Sam and Joe, and uh, it's – I. I, I've known I've known you Sam for I think at least two or three years from yeah. from uh, uh, the Fantastic Five and other uh, tech YouTube uh, uh, friends of ours right stream uh, different different channels okay. with their streams and it's a pleasure to meet Joe I've been on the um, I, I I've seen a number of I've, I think I've seen most of the uh, most of these these uh, podcasts so far you guys have done so very in, very uh, very happy to be here and it's it's cool stuff yeah absolutely and it's great to have you friend of the show Barry Johnson is in the chat Joe. Sam Joe yep. Sharky. So, but Sharky. yeah, so I guess what we do, we just get dived right into it. So usually we ask, um, you know, what's the, the, the naming like shark fin tech. That's clearly, hopefully that's just not random words that just came up. Hopefully it has some kind of meeting. You just didn't pick it out of thin air. It's like, Oh, Wait, right. Sam, did you do that on purpose? Dive right in. Right. Right. No, right. there was an, there was an unintentional pun. Got a lot I like of those, that right? actually. Yeah. I like how they just come in, right? Dive right in shark fin. Yeah, I know. Right. Sometimes a plan comes together. Yeah. Normally it doesn't, but anyway, exactly. there's usually sure. gotta be a background story behind that. So I figured if you had a moment, you can share like, where did that come from? How does that develop? And then your, your general you know, tech engagement as it were. Yeah, absolutely. So basically my real name is Mark, uh, for those that don't already know. And, um, yeah, I basically, I think it was about, uh, oh, I don't know, sometime last year I decided I was going to attempt to maybe try to do my own channel. You know, people saw me on different streams, like, well, you have a lot to say, you kind of have unique perspective because you have the finance, you know, you work in finance, you have the finance side of it. Um, uh, both in, you know, uh, working in investment banking and also, um, doing my own trading and investing right from my own accounts. And right. then you have the tech side of it. And so I said, well, I didn't want to do just a tech channel. So I said, well, why reinvent the wheel? You know, I already am doing, right. <laughs> I know fine. I, I know and I'm, and I'm as about as, or, or even in some case, sometimes more passionate about finance as I am tech. Right? right. So why not, why not, why not just go with that or incorporate a little bit of both. Right. So that's kind of the genesis of it. So, the idea is shark is my nickname, right? Okay. Finn is um, uh, finance, right? Finn tech is financial technology, and then tech separately would be personal technology. So, right in that name, right in that name, you kind of get a little bit of that. Pretty much explains everything about my channel. So that's, wow, the that's cool. Of it. Yeah, and it kind of it's nice because it kind of touches, um, kind of like a plan words, but it touches different kind of thing, not only finance but technologically. Right. You know, you know, obviously that's how it is now, right? Everything is financial, even in the financial sector. Although one could argue that of all the sectors, that would probably be the, the one that would be the slowest to adopt. I think it's just because mostly because of financial engagement, but also scale. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. I, I think people don't really realize how large, especially if you're talking about, you know, federal financial accounting and then like private personal kind of now you've got crypto and you've got all these other, yeah. it's very omni-channel. And so- you know, it's kind of one of those things where it would be kind of it would expect that that would be the laggier of the tech adopters. 
Although you'd be surprised though. That's where, because it's money, because it's, it's advantageous and it's lucrative. That's where all the theft and all the other kinds of like, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to get into data and you're going to get into stealing money, that would be the place to go. So it's kind of unfortunate that there's that weirdness about, they don't exactly have all the tech, but they need to have the tech because they have to defend against attacks and also be able to track everything. You know, we're not right. things down in ledgers anymore. Like probably when you started in school and I did, you know, yeah. people didn't have computers or ledgers and punch cards and, all those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, it's actually interesting. And I don't know if, I don't know if I've told you this, this part, Sam or, or Joe, for that matter, of course, just meeting you. Um, I didn't, I hated, I hated all this stuff when I was a kid. If we want to go back, just to backtrack a little oh, bit without yeah, doing my whole life story. But I, oh, I loathe that my, you know, my dad, I remember back with my brother and I, and my parents would be sitting, you know, eating dinner, watching TV, NBC, ABC, whatever. And they have the nightly news. Right. Mm. And, you know, we'd be patient for most of it. You want to hear what's going on in the world. Right. But then to get to the stock, well, the Dow Jones was up, you know, 80 points today or the whatever was down. And like, can you just change a channel? And if not, can we be excused? You know, we, right. we just, I hated math uh, guys. I hated, I hated anything to do with stock market or finance. I, I just didn't see the value in it. I mean, you know, right. I guess for lack of a better word, I think I just never really liked math back then. I think right. I was a little bit, and like a lot of people's a defense mechanism, right? I think I was a little bit intimidated by it because I wasn't good at it. Right. Right. Exactly. So it, you see how things kind of go hand in hand, right? It kind of builds on it, snowballs on itself. So I don't remember the exact moment where it started to change, like little green shoots started to spring, spring up. I can tell you, um, I remember I took a statistics class and I took micro and macroeconomics in college. And I took a statistics class with this amazing, he was an Indian American professor. He was young. He was like around thir- late twenties, maybe early thirties tops. He was so good. And statistics is really, if you know, it's really a little more about logic than it is about, num- you know, math. Right. right. So I just, it's, things started to slowly you know, little by little by little, right? Little right. by little, the old noggin started kicking. I was like, okay, I get that. That makes sense to me, right? And then just um, piece by piece. Um, I think another um, trying to, make, yeah. I mean, just, as you know, I got through. But I mean, I was so basically, I was set. I was, uh, I was really, I had my heart set in journalism. My heroes, but I was a good writer. Uh, right. Not brag or anything. It's just it was true, you know. And I was so I did my high school paper. I contributed to. I wasn't a editor into my uh, college paper. I was kind of caught up with other stuff, but I did contribute articles here and there, you know, contributing okay. writer. And um, that was my I was that was my dream. I wanted to be a journalist. My heroes were people like I was a little late for Walter Cronkite, but I knew right. who he was right. But I mean, people like even Peter Jennings. I mean, certainly going back to um, people like Edward R. Murrow. And the great writer, H.L. Mencken, you know, P, P, you study these people right. in college, right, when you're in journalism school. Uh, these like The late, great Jimmy Breslin, great, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of him, Joe, he was a columnist, uh, just died a couple of years ago, actually, about 90. Yeah, he was a columnist for the New York Daily News, really, really good, really cool guy and great writer. Um, he was very relatable, that was the thing, he was a, um, yeah. you know, like he had a column and he was very relatable. And people like that, you know, so... Um, but but that was still my thing was like, oh, it's going to be either more hard news or features or whatever. Right. And I don't know. Something started to sh- there again. Um, I think after. Yeah. So after I got out, um, ironically, I couldn't I it was kind of the height of it was a recession in the early 90s, about you know 30 right. years ago in Massachusetts, where I'm, I'm from Western Massachusetts. I'm not from New Jersey originally. It was a bit of a recession. You know, I couldn't get a, I tried to, I had a couple of interviews in Boston, didn't work. Nothing really worked out, nothing locally right. in my Western mass. So the next big Mecca was New York. So that's how I kind of wound up down here. Right. So I started with a uh, small financial, uh, public financial public relations wire service. That was just very basic, you know, editing press releases for 
but it was business was business wire, which is now owned by Warren Buffett of Berkshire Hathaway. Go right. figure. Right? It's kind of funny how things come full yeah, circle, right? Yeah, you start how they tie together in the back. You start to see end. a pattern a little bit, right, right? Right. So, and and then I think as you get older too, you just start to realize, you know what, money does make the world go round for better or for worse, right? You know the song from Cabaret. And it all right. starts to come together slowly but surely. But still, I was still pushing back. I was like, well, okay, maybe I want to go into sports or something else. I'm not sure. But from the wire service, they did have a sports and entertainment um, subwires, you know. But the business was the main thing. It's, you know, press release, dividends, dividend declarations, uh, earnings reports, um, kind of dry stuff, you know, but but very important stuff, right? Uh, yeah. Management changes, you know, what have you, stock splits, things like you know, corporate actions, right? Anyway, um, I wound up getting going from there to do a connection that was one of our clients was one of the big three bond rating agencies. And I got in. He called me. He told me one day, I, you know, if you're interested, this is an opening. I jumped at it. So I went, I would, you know. I can say it, it was it's S and P. There's only three of them, right? I was gonna say I thought it was S and P is the big one. S and P right? Moody's and Fitch. It was S and P. So it's a thing called Credit Wire, which is their wire their online wire service, and then that would go to the print publication as well. But um, that was a big learning curve because I didn't like most people. I I knew just barely knew. I I didn't know much about bonds other than savings bonds, you know, Series E or Treasury or whatever. Right. You know, it was Muni's and corporates. And then I heard, you know, I've heard of some of this stuff, but I didn't really know how they worked that well. And then, you know, and then they threw me right into the fire, uh, guys. They put me into uh, what would basically cause the 2008 crisis, right? The right. Uh, structured bonds, which is right. collateralized. In other words, yeah, they're bonds that are collateralized by, um, you know, pools of either assets or mortgages, right? So it's either, you know, car or boat loans or credit cards or mortgages. Or, or right? home loans, yeah, home loans. Or yeah, home loans. Right. Well, we all know how that worked out. Now, right. that wasn't on my watch. I was long right. out of there. And I wasn't a, I wasn't an analyst. I was on the publishing side. Right. But, you know, I learned a lot. I had, you know, I had like at least one mentor. On, you know, it's always good to have help, you know, always ask. Right. About, we'll go over that cool. more later. But, yeah, and, and it was it was just a good, um, you know, it was kind of a good uh, – I think though I was in a union, believe it or not, the the newspaper guild. Go figure. Yeah, um, I know. I've heard of it. Yeah, you just, yeah. You, when you think of it, you don't think of it as like you know you kind of you know thinking of like yeah. you know teamsters unions or you know yeah yeah you know pipe fitters, but you don't you don't really conceptualize it as like you're just a bunch of guys in a newsroom or publications, but they actually right. unionize. Yeah, it just right. it doesn't it doesn't immediately jump to your mind. Yeah, for sure. Right, but it was nice because you're kind of unless you really screwed up, you're guaranteed a raise like every year, at least a small one, whatever. So right, and I got promoted at least once or I think maybe once or twice. So I was there about three years. And, but I really wanted to, I literally, I got a little bored with it. I, I always like another challenge. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a masochist, but right. I decided I wanted to go back to my roots because it wasn't really writing a little bit of ghost writing, but mostly just editing like the first job at business wire. Right. So, but just more heavy editing with a very specific thing with these structured bonds. Right. So anyway, I went to, um, uh, I was a uh, family. It was two hedge fund newsletters that had been bought out by a big British this is where you come in, uh, uh, Joe. <laughs> Paul. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, I think it's. It's still around. I think it's called Metal Bolt, and um, it's, a, it's listed on the London Stock Exchange. Now, the newsletters that I wrote for, wouldn't you know it? After a few years after I left, um, they they went out. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> go yeah. figure. So I, I timed that kind of well too. I was only there about two years. It was a good experience. Again, huge learning curve to learn. I didn't know much about. It, it was basically hedge funds and commodity uh, futures funds. You know. So I, there again, huge learning curve to have to learn all this stuff because the way I see it with whether I'm editing something or writing about something, I can't ask the right questions. I can't write articles about this stuff if I don't understand it. Right. Right. And you have, to have, some general, care. And you have to have some general context, right? You have to kind of understand exactly. kind of what, I mean, I you know, don't exactly yeah. know how the sausage is made, but you right. got to know that 
you know what it looks like what it tastes like and then you know how, exactly. how, what the basic yeah. process of getting to, to market so yeah it's it's good because i guess some people i guess if they're not professionals they can kind of just wing it i guess and, yeah. and, and enough of their writing skill can kind of shine through and they can kind right. of try to cross with water but I, I i think your approach is probably you want to do more right by your readers right you want yeah. to make sure that you're at least speaking from an area of experience that's kind least, of the way i've familiarity, always you know yeah I mean? Some people say I go too deep with stuff, but I, I really did want to understand it. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I, I wanted to keep learning. I, I was, you know, was kind of make it fake as you make it. But I would say after about a few months, I had a pretty good understanding of it. And then when I did the interviews with hedge fund managers, I knew the right questions to ask. Kind of could get a sense if they were BSing me a little bit. I knew right. how to read it. I knew how to read a disclosure document, which is like a prospectus, right? Right. Because um, these are private funds, right? Uh, they're not SEC, uh, reportable to the SEC. Um, but you still have, they have a disclosure document, like a prospectus, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's still things you can look at Netflix, Netflix, you can see, you can check uh, to see if they have any trading violations or other lawsuits against them, right? Right. And so basically quantitative and qualitative analysis of hedge fund managers. So I learned a lot very quickly and it was good. But unfortunately, after a couple of years, I just felt like, I don't know, I just, uh, the, the, the hours were long, the pay wasn't that great. I actually had taken a slight cut. A pay cut for that job, believe it or not, which wow. I wouldn't recommend to anyone. Yeah, because I didn't have any writing professional writing experience um, going yeah. into that job, so I had to take. No, it was a very small cut, but still, and there was no paid overtime. So you, you start doing the per hour what it boils down to, and they it, the, it wasn't good, you know. So, and I, the more I thought about it, I really kind of want to work it. The more it's like so. By this point, the bug has really bitten me, right? The finance right. bug has really bitten me. I decided, you know what? Why can't? Why not me? Why can't I work in finance instead of just writing about it? You know, just absolutely. Just go headlong, right? But once more into the breach, right? So exactly. Well, yeah, and I guess so. the, I guess that yeah, lends the next question. So, like you know, as your career has evolved, and now, uh, what are the like? What's the major thing that you see that's changed in finance? Is it is it is it the fact that information can be quickly ascertained, like you know, searchable? Because it, it doesn't seem like I think people have that same the how you felt about math when you were growing up mm -hmm. when it comes to finance and and how all these things work i think people like even things is basic understanding like interest rates and you know and inflation because that's on the news in the united states i know around the world and stuff so i think people feel that same level of anxiety like i don't really understand like you're like right now i'm sure we've got a lot of people listening to chat and just the terms that you're using i'm following along because my when i was when i was a young person my mom was a commodities trader for at that time it was called oh, yeah, Lloyd, yeah. but then it became Kemper Securities. Wow. Um, and so she she did basically series three commodity trading, right? For her to she got quarter trade. You know all about it now. So, I, well, I you know, through her, she actually bit, wanted yeah. to get a series three. I'm like, I just I had no interest in all that kind of stuff yeah. other than in the peripheral. You kind of so, have to want it because it is pretty intense when you, yeah. And, and then the cool yeah. part was my mom was actually on the she wasn't a runner, she was actually trading, she was actually on the stock exchange trading. It's pretty crazy, like, especially a woman in the 80s. She was, you know, this little small little Italian lady and she was out there, you know, crushing <laughs> the trading floors. And I used to sit there because you can sit in the observation lounge of the chicago board of trade and i was like oh, holy cow this is nuts <laughs> right it's crazy yeah so like what do you think has changed like the major like shift in in the financial sector as far as the last 10 years like the way for good or, for good or bad basically <laughs> jonah hill yeah <laughs> yeah no DT, really. yeah, that, dt is our <laughs> resident smart guy uh i see comedian, that <laughs> awesome dude general and everybody else is but dt will let it rip he will uh he likes to let me know he thinks that uh, apparently I, I he made the comment about the papyrus Right. So he, you know, apparently, uh, but I said, well, now you've got a gentleman on who's not exactly, you know, 20 years old either. The DTS. Right. So, you know, there you go. He's going to be, he's going to give you some trouble, <laughs> but not too much, I'm sure. Right. Yeah, that's, that's totally cool. It's got, uh, bring it on. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, well, so much has changed. I mean, definitely with, um, you know, like you say, I mean, I mean, the biggest, I mean, at least on the trading, you know, high frequency trading, such as it, it's just taken for granted now, you know, so just so people in the chat who maybe were, were watching, you know, uh, or lurking or watching the uh, replay. And, and I think you might know this, Sam, uh, Joe, I don't know if you know, my, what, what you see when you see the, when they show the floor, speaking to your kind of point, Sam, right, of an exchange, you know, like CNBC, Bloomberg, whatever news, um, they'll show like a trading floor of like the, you know, the uh, NYSE, the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ, and especially the NYSE with the, you know, floor and or it could be commodities, right? But what you see there is like, think of it as an iceberg, you know, mm-hmm. that hit the Titanic, right? So this much of the iceberg is above the water and the rest is down here, yeah. right? So right. that's kind of what it is. What you're seeing on TV, that's kind of just for show for the most part. Um, that's maybe 10% of all, maybe a little more, maybe 10, 10 15, 20% of all trading, right? And most of it happens behind the scenes. It's all electronic, high frequency trading. Originally, it was the NASDAQ was the big electronic exchange, right? Right. Um, but now the night, yeah. Yeah, so much of it gets just routed through, you know, through algorithms, through supercomputers, and it's all about speed. It's all about speed. If I can beat you, one, you Joe or you Sam, by by one half of one second to a trade, mm-hmm. I get a better price, right? right. So you know, like they, in a sense, what they call front running, right? Yeah. So that's what it is. They're all competing with each other to get these trades, and whether they're buys or sells, right? Um, so it, it's actually that's interesting. And my specific thing. So what I do is actually. Uh, is, is uh, it's kind of considered more like uh, back office uh, cost basis, which is part of tax reporting. Tax reporting is part of general client reporting, which would be like client statements, um, glossary. Um, this is like how they name a security. Some people call it security master. Uh, trade confirmations, which like the 1099 is mm-hmm. a legal requirement, right? Um, so these are all tax. Uh, so basically all that's client reporting. So I, my specialty has been tax reporting. Um, and specifically cost basis. So cost basis is just what you paid for a stock bond option, mutual fund, whatever, right? ETF. It can also, by the way, apply to uh, uh, other things like gold or, you know, commodities, uh, right? right. Or, or real estate or anything, right? So you need the cost basis to against your proceeds when you sell something to determine your gain loss. That's important right. to do your taxes if you itemize your, you want to itemize your deductions, right? right? So that's where we come in. So it's a 1099B is now re, uh, starting in 2010 when Obama passed it and starting tax year 2011, all brokerage firms in the U.S. are required to submit cost basis, uh, client cost basis to the IRS uh, when the client sells a position, right? right. Um, it was staggered. It was done in stages, but that's what it is. Most of them now are what they call covered, meaning they are required to be reported. Right. So, yeah, and it's um, so it's a 1099B that trickles down. It, it stems to the... Uh, uh, what is it? Form 1040 Schedule D, which is a realized gains and losses. So it's actually pretty important. It's probably going to bore a few people, but but it's I actually kind of find it halfway interesting. So there, like you say, the bug is totally 100% bit me. Up right. And the problem is, you know, like, and again, remember, we have people who are in the, who listen to the show and are in the chat who, and this is all American US-based tax code, right? So this is all, yeah. you, those numbers, 1099, I know they are like a Schedule, you know, a Schedule 99, and you've got to, you know, right. and then you've got to get now your 1040, you know, that's it used to be a 1040 long form, then it was 1040a and an easy which i don't even think yeah you got these now but yeah it's not yeah and when we're talking about those trading we're is that more um like people like on you know ameritrade or they're like day traders or the people like is that like where everybody like i'm sure and then they said it now speed because now it wasn't before you would have to watch the markets watching the board seeing the trend 
call your broker, call a runner on the floor. They have to write <laughs> right, up the order, right. and they have to run it to a to a trader, and they have to go right. So right. now, because of technology and all that kind of stuff, now those things you, you've almost eliminated phone. I mean, I remember my mom used. They were like, a, like I'm not telling. You, it looked like a war room. It was like like a, oh, a yeah. pole that had seventy like phones, like old yeah. And I'm talking cool ones. Oh like yeah, I've seen those pictures. Yeah, with the yeah, push yeah. buttons on them, like they lick, and then you have to lift it up, and you would have runners. That's how my dad might. My stepdad and my mom actually met. He was a runner for another brokerage firm. Wow, that's great. Funny story. So cool. they would they would take an order. They would literally hold it and they would write down on a piece of paper four hundred or whatever, and they would like literally have a handful. And they would like when they called them runners, that's what they did. They would physically run from the the trading board all the way to the pit, and they would get their wow. guy and he'd throw him the piece of paper. Would wad it up and throw the piece of paper, and the guy would use hand sick. I I remember watching it. it was just like I mean, I was a kid being fascinated by it yeah but it now, is halfway, yeah and that it, still does happen but now like see, yeah, most of the majority of well they have open outcry in chicago i think to your point to a degree right but right. still a lot of it once it goes from there it's all electronic right so right. yeah so that's 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 the, the digital of, world we live in exactly right. so mm-hmm. what's changed for on, on specifically like when what in the um the kind of world the sub world that i'm in within within the that world um unfortunately i i think uh, well again you have to roll with the punch right but what, right. what we've seen is a lot of consolidation, you know, mergers and acquisitions, mm-hmm. and we see a lot of outsourcing, right, to because they can hire, they can hire two or three people in another country, could be India, could be the Philippines, and, you know, nothing against them. Some of them are incredibly smart people. Some of them can run, some of these guys can, young guys can run rings around me in Excel, right? I'm no Excel whiz. Right. I know what I know, but that's not really my specialty, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, I'm not writing, I'm not writing, uh, I'm not writing uh, uh, formulas or uh, right. macros, let alone algorithms, you know, right, exactly. some of them know some of that. So, but, but what that's kind of what's happened. You see a lot of outsourcing um, because it's, it's taken to get two or maybe two of me or three or maybe really stretch a three of me or something. Um, and, and then the consolidation means you have redundancy and then they can lay people off. So that's one of the unfortunate parts of it, you know, the byproduct of, you know, the changing, um, and it's all also uh, my first big brokerage firm was interesting because it was all in-house, right? We had our own printing press, believe it or not, down in the basement. It was a giant right. building, right? That all went away. So there's a big company. It's a spinoff of the old ADP, Automatic Data Processing. Yeah. Speaking of tech, see that little segue? Yeah. Um, nice. like and this. it's called, <laughs> yeah, it's called, it's called Broadridge. So they spun them off about 15 or 20 years ago. Broadridge basically runs the back office, not just cost basis, but all kinds of stuff and, 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 uh, and proceeds, you know, 1099, but all kinds of back office for, uh, for probably, I think the vast majority of wall street firms today. Right. So there you have it. So, you know, you can work for a vend a, da- a different type of data vendor. You can work for Broadridge or you can work for one of their clients, which would be the brokerage firms and investment banks. Right. Yeah. But it, 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 it I, what I've seen is a shrinking to your point. Um, Sam is kind of a, it, it definitely has shrunk a bit. And, you know, it sounds like there's a lot of people. It's funny because it's like any, like kind of like politics or stuff. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a revolving door. You see the same people. So it's like, Hey, there's, you know, there's Paul from what's this, you know, and right. then they wind up coming to your firm that you know, say he's interviewing with, uh, with our supervisor or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's a, it, it's a smaller world than you think. Uh, <laughs> maybe a little bit incestuous in a, in a, in a sense, but, um, but it's, <laughs> exactly. but, it's, but, but it's all good. I mean, because there aren't that many people who really specialize in, in it, you know, and when you really think about it and the yeah. departments usually because of so much automation, they don't have to be really big. I mean, even that first firm where we did a lot of stuff manually to tell you the truth, there were only maybe, um, there were only maybe, uh, 
God, I think at the most we ever had were 10 people in the department. And that was including like a right. summer intern and a part-timer or something, you know, maybe two summer interns, 10, 11, 12 people. It was never more than that, you know? Right. So when I started, it was just me and another guy. I replaced a guy who trained me and then it was just me and another guy. And then we brought up, slowly brought a few more in. And then uh, that firm acquired a, a, a Southern brokerage firm, a regional brokerage firm and brought a couple people in from that. But it was, it was never a big department, usually on well under 10 people. So, you know, we get these kickout reports and have to uh, check them and process the stuff. And then you get involved with client service, right? Helping the mm -hmm. brokers hold the client's hand while we try to process these massive corporate actions and stuff, you know? Um, and then, so there's a lot of moving parts. One thing I, I really did like though, is to kind of, I, and I was always stress this to young people, try to, try to diversify, you know, try to, if you want a piece of advice, uh, I'll give it right now. Make yourself indispensable, right? That's mm -hmm. probably true anywhere, mm -hmm. you know, any any type of a business, right? right. Um, try to, you know, if you need a mentor, try to get one. Raise your hand. Uh, people will help you. You'd be surprised. Just like we see on YouTube or Clubhouse, people are willing to help you, you know, for free with no, you know, paying it back or paying it forward. Um, get partner with people, collaborate, whatever it takes, right? Um, but definitely there are, you know, there, there are resources out there. Do I, I did a lot of research as well. Um, but I did, sure, we all have some help along the way. We all need it, especially if you're not coming from that background uh, right. per se, right? I don't have, I don't have an MBA. I don't have a bachelor, a bachelor's in finance. Again, I have my degrees in journalism. So, <laughs> right. so there, so, so there it is. Right. So I had to learn a lot of this stuff, you know, what they call pull yourself up by the bootstraps, but but I kind of, I also, like I say, I enjoy a challenge, but it, it was a, it was a, again, very big learning curve and um, it, it's um, it does take time, but you know, you can do it if you, if you want to. And I think that's, you can apply that logic to anything, you know? So it was all to me that that's really a big part of the journey is, um, is, is, you know, when, when and where you need it, uh, you can get it uh, and then you can start advancing. So one thing I started, I raised my hand with uh, a little early in beyond just the processing and the client service was project management and then a little mm. bit of testing. So you see what I mean? You just try to divert. So then, right. oh, mm -hmm. oh, now, so we call like run the bank versus change the bank. It might be the same where you are, Sam. Mm. So in other words, run the bank is all the processing and client service and all that stuff, right? Change the bank is we have to tweak the system for new securities that might come up. Uh, there could be regulatory uh, changes, right? Uh, security requirements change. Um, tax laws, whatever it is, we have to tweak the system or adapt it to these to these changes, right? right. So that actually, you can really sink your teeth into that because then you become a project manager, and then you're working with both your group, your programmers, and sometimes partner groups, other partner groups in the firm, uh, and maybe with other other firms in some in a few right. cases, right? Where it's a widespread thing, where like transfers between security transfers between if they call ACATs between different firms, uh, one firm mm -hmm. and another, so. You know, it's just a lot of there's so many different things you can do. And that's I think that's one of the things that's held my interest all this time, because there are there's different ways you can play it as opposed to just feeling like, OK, I'm just in this little narrow, you know, compartmentalized thing. Right. And, and you know, people get bored with that after a while. So, well, I like too the fact that, you know, you're learning different facets of the business. Right. And you're actually and then because you never know, you may because you're stretching yourself doing we call it like, I guess, would it be a stretch assignment? Right. You're learning things in other operations and you get then you may like. Like, hey, I, I kind of like not only do I have an access, I kind of actually like this. So then it becomes then talking to that people who run that part and go, hey, you're like, what do I need to do? Like, what's the skill set I need to develop mm. to kind of leverage into that? Like, you know, and you can kind of work around and kind of do all that. That happens a lot where I, where 
where I work as well. And it seems to be, it seems to really be focused in the business and corporate and finance world. But that is something that for younger people, it's really not as much the bootstrap thing. I I, I like that analogy, but it almost sounds outdated. It's really about just the hustle, right? It's the willingness to to willingness to get in there and and, and get pull up your sleeves and get and no tax is too hard. Nothing because I always tell people it's like you know I and I I work with people who are famous like in financial circles right and I see him at lunch <laughs> I'll walk by I go hmm, yeah I, he's on Bloomberg like really you know and right, I and I've worked right. with some of these That's people cool who, too. yeah and for and when I mention it to people they're like people in finance are like completely blown away it's like right yeah I I just see him in the, in the lunchroom but Sam hey I bet they they're thinking oh I'm sure that's Sam from Nomad Tech Project I'm pretty <laughs> sure they are. I know, I know, sure. I am pretty, and I will tell you that I actually, I, we have made me- meetings where I've mentioned po- this podcast, and yeah. they were like, "Really? Like, yeah, I'm a podcaster." And they're like, "Really? It's on, I'm on YouTube, like I'm a YouTuber, right? right. Like, like see over, say, right? Um, but that's what it comes down to is like if you really want to to learn yeah. something, you're going to have to get into it, and you're gonna have to understand that. Yeah, Shark and me and Joe, whatever our career fields are, when you were in high school, nobody knew any of this stuff. Like exactly. nobody knew the stuff that they know now. The people who are, yep. you know, economists or financial people or people like Shark and all that, all that stuff. That takes years and years and years of learning and growing and talking to people and having a mentor and 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 you'd be surprised. They, there's a lot more because they're thinking they're not, they're not thinking is this guy hungry enough to take my job? They're just thinking, hey, <laughs> right. yeah, I'm spreading the pot, right? But then all of a sudden you start to learn, and and it's just it's it's just one of those things. So we actually because you're on the show and people now are, are actually not only not glazing over with all the, the depth of information, they're actually asking questions. So DT has got this. He's awesome. like, how are exactly stock prices valued? Like what authority decides how that is for a stock company? So that's the, a great I guess question. a 30,000 level overview of like basically how that's how that works. Sure. Well, I mean, in a nutshell, it basically comes down to, uh, you know, price ultimately is a function of supply and demand right now. Different things can drive that supply and demand, right? Um, what it should be ideally Aditya would be, would be fundamentals, right? So you have like the main thing, well, the main number Wall Street looks at it. So you're looking at, we're talking about Apple, for example, right? That they're going to look at their EPS or earnings per share. Then they're going to look, they're going to look at their, um, the revenues and they're going to look at their, so it's earnings per share, which is profits, profit margins, and their revenues uh, are probably the biggest three. But then there's a whole bunch of, you know, little smaller things like say for, you know, depending on the specific uh, sub industry or company, right? So for Google, for example, ad revenue, right? For Facebook, mm-hmm. subscriber growth, Snap, you know, any kind of social media comes down to subscriber growth. Net, it could even be Netflix, right? right. We could also be talking about Twitter. We could be talking about um, Snapchat, whatever, right? Uh, Facebook, um, although Facebook also is ad revenue, right? So yeah. sometimes there's overlap. So if we're talking about a telecom stock like AT&T or Verizon or What's the one in the UK, Joe? Orange, I think, is one of the big ones. Uh, they merged with uh, T-Mobile to make EE. Okay, there you go. So with you, one of the big things they look at in telecom is on top of all that, they look at a number called churn. How many how many subscribers did you yeah, get? Churn, yeah, how many yeah. you lost, right? Because that's a metric that you're not you're doing something wrong if you're not gaining you're not gaining clients or customers you're losing them right so right. a certain amount of churn is baked on the cake but if you're over the expected numbers so typically you know when a company when um beats these kind of numbers right the stock is rewarded it usually almost over always overreacts you've seen it sam right right uh say to the upside and bullish and when they miss these numbers only meet or even sometimes miss by a little god god help them if they miss by a lot on these types of numbers 
Right. The stock gets punished. The bears jump on it and push it down. So yeah, that's when you see a sell-off. Facebook, I think, last week on the earnings wood was down seven percent in one day. Yeah. Um, Apple was up three percent on the earnings. Uh, Amazon. Now, what was interesting was now since we're on tech, is uh, um, what was it? Um, a- uh, Amazon. So they missed. They missed the earnings number. This was shocked me a little bit. Even see, you never know, right? Right. But they mm. blew the revenue number out of the water. So that more, and I guess some other metrics. So that more than made up for the miss on the earnings, and the right. stock was up ten percent on Friday. So, you know, and you know, all I heard was all the so-called experts and gurus and pundits saying, "Oh, these these companies are going to get killed on the second quarter earnings." You know, in July, they're going to get blown out of the water. The numbers are going to come in crap because there's lower demand because of the you know borderline recession we're in, right? The bear market, uh, well, close to bear, you know, right? Exactly, you know, and you know between the the, you already have the COVID, then you have the Russia-Ukraine war, right? And then on top of, uh, you know what I mean? So, on, <laughs> and, and on top of the quantitative easing, uh, as you know, Sam, that kind of caused yeah. this this inflation, partly a good part of the cause of this inflation, right? And it ran, ran up the market, but you know, what, but but that's basically what happened. Is so so they a lot of a lot of there were a lot of bearishness going into these earnings where people are like, oh my god, they're gonna they're all gonna miss, they're gonna be it's gonna be terrible bloodbath, and then what happens, right? Then so the problem we, as what's been happening is, as we all can see, uh, interest rates have been, the Fed, your guys, uh, Sam, have been, of course, raising interest rates to try to fight off, save off uh, rising inflation, right? Right. The problem is, is then you add on to that, if all of a sudden earnings do come in really badly and these, these companies are really hurting, what are they going to do? They're going to start laying people off. Now, all of a sudden, you're adding unemployment to that number, which is like unemployment, interest rates, and inflation are the biggest uh, three leading indicators of the, of the economy out of the big 12, right? Mm-hmm. And when you start now, you have the trifecta. So now you have what they call stagflation, right? It's like zero growth, uh, you know, very bad, almost no growth, sometimes negative growth. You're almost like moving backwards, right? Right. So that's bad. That's all. That's all. We don't want that because that, then you're really going into bear market uh, recession. Um, you know, you could easily go into a recession from there, right? Wow. But the good news is we're seeing kind of a mixed bag with the earnings. So for what it's worth, you know, knock on wood, we'll see. We're, we're not out of the woods yet. And we're not out of the woods in general with, uh, I don't think, with this stuff, no. right? And, I and, then, and yeah. there, I would I would say that there, you know, the, the same pundits are talking about, you know, we're, we're needing interest rates to be closer to 5 to 7% in order to kind of stop this inflationary bubble. So who knows how far that's going to go. So it definitely, now everybody's very much paying attention. They always paid attention to it, but now very, people are very much paying attention to FOMC and making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do as far as, yeah. but I, I, I expect that, them, that every every meeting there's going to be a rate increase of basis points of what, how much and however, who knows. But uh, right. And then having, then having to wait to see how that, you know, because that's not, there's a lag in that economic system, right? So it's going to take a while for that to show up. Is, are we having an impact? So, right. yeah, it's and then and there's, there's the the problem with finance. I guess the beauty of it and the the, the draw for people like yourself and you that kind of in, in these kind of situations is it it's it's not it's not a it's not a 100% science, right? It's like the practice of finance, right? right? And there's exactly. so many variables and metrics, and then you, you get the talk, stock price. You can talk about you know shorting stocks, and you start getting into all these other variables that just make every, and then when you got literally thousands of moving parts, that's why punditry kind of almost is comical because you, like I say, you've got people who are clearly knowledgeable, yeah. clearly educated, and they miss big time. 
Exactly. Sports, sports people do all the time, right? This guy's exactly. Got how about when yeah. we haven't even talked about weather, weathermen and weather women? They how often do they get it wrong? They can't even get they can't even get tomorrow's forecast right, right. let alone a week from now, right? We have so. this a day. Storm tracker four thousand. Right. Doppler radar eight eighty eight eight nine thousand, right. and it's like and crap. Going, man. It yeah. could rain. Just stick your hat on. Don't look. That's fine. You'll see. Yeah. Stick your so. finger in the air, or if you have arthritis, or if you have a arthritis, maybe you can feel it, or whatever it is, right? And I want to say hi to Jewel. Jewel Jewel's in the hey, chat. Oh, yeah, I know that. She, uh, I, we, I get to meet her on a clubhouse. And fantastic. I and mean, folks, if you aren't paying attention, look up her content. She made an entire documentary with an iPhone. It was, it's fantastic. And she has great yes. interviews with all sorts of people. So check out her channel. She's pretty, she's pretty That's awesome. Cool. I had a, oh, yeah. Fantastic chat. Very uh, violent. You know, like, you know, who knew, right? I mean, the funny, yeah. like Mark's, you know, everybody starts out in this thing and then like I become this guy and I want to be a journalist and I became like a pipe fitter. And then, you know, it's like how, how <laughs> right. funny how things right. kind of happen. So it's, it's true it's, though. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's another question. Uh, currently, uh, is the market currently primed for another 2008 stock crash? Bubble seems to be bigger. Well, <laughs> I would yeah. actually say no. I, I will yeah. again, who knows to Sam's point, but I don't think Never we're known. seeing that, but. <laughs> But yeah, who knows? Yeah, we we don't know for who sure. Knows, yeah. The problem with two thousand eight was the what what it was the, it was the subprime, uh, you know, mortgages, those loans that backing those bonds that were basically worth it was a giant house of cards that just came tumbling down. Right. And that collapse triggered the stock market collapse. So a Wall Street thing, and then that triggered a recession, became a Main Street thing, right? So yeah, I don't. But again, to your you're, you're right, Sam. I mean, we just we I, we. None of us really have the crystal ball to know for sure. Um, right. And if but, you did, you'd be making yeah. Elon Musk style money because then you'd <laughs> there you really, go. Exactly. have total control over it if you knew exactly what was going to happen all the time. Yeah. Aditya's follow was like, so is it normal for an established company stock prices to drop initially when they diversify their offerings? Because they technically be diversifying profits into developing new infrastructure. And that's a good, that's actually a good question. I don't yeah. know that that's always true. Um, right. You know, I mean, you look at some, again, just an easy example of one we all know and love, or maybe not so much love. You look at Apple and actually they've been, they've been starting to diversify more into their services, right? Mm -hmm. Which is smart because that's a recurring monthly revenue stream or whatever, right? right? You pay for Apple TV or whatever it is, and you just have to keep paying it. And it comes right off your, right out of your mm -hmm. checking account or debt, whatever, you know, credit exactly. card. Exactly. Right. And it, as opposed to, oh, well, maybe you'll buy an iPhone or a new Mac this year, or maybe you won't. Maybe because things aren't so good, you'll wait until next year. Right. But when you have it every month, you want that Apple TV or whatever right. you, you do. So they are, that is looked at as a good thing, generally speaking, by, mm -hmm. by tech analysts on Wall Street. Loaded forecasting, you don't want, yeah. What is it? Sorry. Like forecasting as well. Like that's going to earn this in the future. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think the idea is that you don't want to be a one trick pony, right? I think no. that's, I think if anything, that can be, yeah, an Apple for, for a long time, right, more or less was a one trick pony. I mean, it's still the iPhone is still by far their biggest, you know, revenue and profit drivers as one single thing, right? Right. But they are getting more into services and other things now, which I think is to their credit and smart, again, because just keep getting, that's how Microsoft made a whole thing of it, right? We know, mm -hmm. I know you're, you're a Windows guy, Sam. <laughs> and that's literally what you know. That's that was that was a secret soft that Bill Gates had that, for all Steve Jobs's brilliance, didn't have. Right? He saw the forest for the trees. He said, "It's not about the hardware; it's about the software." Right. So get that Windows software, which is based on the Mac GUI. Which, to be fair, we know the story, right? Mac got right. it from Xerox Park, right? But to get it on as many machines as possible. Don't make the hardware just license the software right right and for that reason to this day 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Windows is running something like still 80% or roughly of the world's compute. Some version of Windows 80% right. roughly and, of those computers. So. And then we're not even talking about like government and financial sectors, which is practically yeah. still, I, I would say that number is north of 95%. I mean, okay, and then, like I said, and, yeah. and where I, and, I, and you know, and, and in my experience, when it comes to like government, um, unless you're doing, like I said, if you're doing publication, sure, but nobody, I mean, servers aren't, that, that all the all the infrastructure that runs all these things and all the, the systems that go against, it's still Windows. And if you talk to people who are in development, they'll tell you that, yeah, it's nice to have a Mac, but I wouldn't want it at work. Yeah. And it just be, well, and maybe it's just because of this, this lodging, but you'll have to basically completely transform. And we've talked about it, you know, prior to the show start, we were talking about, you know, technology in, in the finance sector and then banking and then government regulatory kind of stuff. It's, it just lags behind just because there's so much of it. And, you know, it's, and remember if you ever, if you've ever talked to anybody about how to spend, Hey, we need to spend money on this. Well, if, right. if you can't exactly tell them how they can leverage that as far as cost, you know, does it have a benefit? How much is it going to cost us? Why do we need to do it? Can we not do it? If you can't come up with those exact numbers, you're like, hey, look, it just makes financial sense. They won't, they won't give you the money for it. And government, I mean, heck, yeah. it's a long, it's a long running joke that the U.S. Navy still asks Microsoft to patch Windows XP because a lot of their systems still are that old, and they just wow. like we we can't dislodge it. It would cost you know, the taxpayers have to spend billions. To Million, to, yeah, and then of course, as we all know, you, you, just because you put the new technology in there, see. What people don't so realize is by the time you get your iPhone, it, it works. And even then, it doesn't work. Sometimes you got bugs, right? But if you're trying to develop an entire new technology and yeah. infrastructure, there's all sorts of problems. And those these are systems that cannot fail. Like literally, exactly. if they go down for five seconds, right. it is a serious problem. So there's a lot of complication. And, and what was the old NASA model? Uh, failure is not an option or something, right? Right. And it's just not yeah. because I mean, right. lives depend on it. And, you know, and right. also financial, you know, there's hundreds of millions of transactions that go on daily across the globe between people. I mean, imagine if PayPal were down for like a day. <laughs> right. right. I mean, seriously. I mean, that's just like, yeah. just, just mm, a point for yeah. those like regular users. You can imagine if people couldn't send or receive money on the PayPal platform. And again, that's not the only one. You've got other ones, right? But imagine if that went down, how much, you know, how much pain is that going to cause regular consumers and stuff? So absolutely. Yeah. And they don't, they don't, they don't like that. And, uh, right. Yeah. And here's a go. If you still knew what you knew now, would you still be working in this industry or would you be doing something else? Great question by Luis. He always has some great, great stuff, right? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Luis is a great dude. Yeah, another another absolutely. channel you should check out, not only on Top of Jewels, but while you're at it, since you're on the YouTubes, <laughs> kind of walk down the street and go check out Luis's channel, Tech Free News. Check him out. He does really great content. He's a really good, really solid absolutely. guy. I, really, I love Luis. He's a good dude. Absolutely. He's the best. Um, uh, so if you knew, if you knew, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, if I knew everything, yeah, maybe I would have maybe diversified a little more or maybe become more of a, maybe dedicated project manager or, but again, there are transferable skills. So, you know, you can still look to do like, or you can take any one component of it, say the client service part of it. Uh, and, and maybe you do that in a retail or something, you know, uh, something, do it in the retail or something. Uh, I don't mean retail of securities, but retail, retail, you know, right. because there's always a need for that. Like say, a, I don't know, say like a Tiffany's and you would say, okay, well I have client experience, uh, service, excellent skills, um, to make any high-end customer happy because I've dealt with people that were, you know, anywhere from hedge fund managers that, you know, where you have to massage people that are trading, you know, millions or in some cases billions of dollars, uh, right. massage, you know, holding their hand to, you know, smaller much smaller investors. But um, so I could probably handle pretty much anyone cocks in a Tiffany, right? Uh, and and 
you know, deal, help, help them, help them through their issue. It's like, okay, here's a, you know, $500 gift card. Let's make it right. Whatever. Da, 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 you know? Right. So yeah, there's different and, ways. And, and these are serious. I mean, these are kind of the kind of people that are, I guess what they want to call like, well, when I was a kid, they call them the heavy hitters, right? These are the people that are movers and shakers. These are the people that are going to be, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of money. They're going to be basically dropping into your, to your clients or your businesses, right? You know, and, or, you know, in the case for, you know, like O2 or like a company, like we're, you know, having, you know, spot, that's when you talk about sponsorships and engagement and, you know, social media engagement. Now you've got that whole layer on top of it too. Like, you know, people when we were kids, you know, Cold War kids, right? There wasn't such a thing as that. So, you know, it was the old, old fashioned way of doing business, right? The grease in the palms and making right. sure that you take care of them and show them a nice dinner. And, you know, then exactly. it, it was almost like your product was almost secondary to how well they could be convinced that you were, you know, worthy of, uh, of investment and engagement. Now it's like, now you've yeah. got a social media layer. So like O2 could get, I don't know, like a huge soccer endorsement, like football endorsement, or in right. the United States, if the United, let's say O2 wanted to diversify. They do. They probably got guys outside home, you know, use the O2 well, network, right? There's the O2. You know the O2? Yeah. Yeah. The massive thing in London. It's called yeah. the O2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, now you've got that layer of stuff. And, and then for Joe, people like Joe who are in the retail space, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, that can be leveraged easily into that too. That just because, you know, yeah. you know, when I was working at a retail shop, you figure you're at the way at the bottom of food chain. Like, what can I really do? Like, how can I have an impact? You'd be very, right. very surprised how well you can, if you really pay attention to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Again, it's about Again, project management. You can project if you can manage a project and finance. You could do it in retail. You could do it in some other. You know, it's it all because it's you know it's flow charts. It's hitting milestones. It's working with you know different groups to make the whole you know make mm-hmm. everything come together, meet those milestones, and and move the flow chart forward. Right. So it's all it's it may be different. It, it's different types of um, you know it's not the same. Uh, exact uh, uh, variables, but it's all ultimately the same goal, right? So, yeah, if that makes sense, yeah. So, so in realistic I, targets, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. and sometimes <laughs> even shooting for stuff that you know you can't achieve just to kind of get it out there, and I, mm. you know, and sometimes it's like because sometimes you have to. Unfortunately, with project management, you have RFPs and RFAs and all that kind of stuff. You got to bring yeah. them in just to see kind of what the what the scoring is and to see is this going to work. And then that's when you start to look at the actual program. You look at the project. You're like, and it's it's constantly leveraging other assets, trying to get other people to be wanted, but eventually having to come point where you have a discovery phase and you've got to figure out, okay, is this going to work? Like this is, or is it just like, you know, hopefully you don't get all the way down the path and spend lots of money and time and resources and realize it's still not going to work. Hopefully you're the whole point is to try to catch it early where you don't have impact, you know, and then, cause you're not, if you're not buying that, you still gotta go out and do something else. You either got to leverage right. an existing infrastructure right. or you've got to still look for a, either a COTS program or something to get into. So yeah, I, I see, I don't work in that world. I just see that world a lot because honestly, and this is where Shark and I would differ. I, project management has like, I just, it's, it's like math when he was a kid. It's like, I have no interest in any of it. It's just, I watch those people really hard workers and really yeah. sometimes it's, it's almost like, it seems like a crapshoot. It's like you, you, you oh, it you, can be I, asked, and, don't get me wrong. And then yeah. also you got to deal with all sorts of different, you know, in, inputs, right? Different right. outside your company. Exactly. So then you got to right. coordinate all those. And if they don't show right. up and you can't, no, uh, because I if just, one, if I even just, one, if there's like four different groups you're dealing with, and one of them drops the ball, that could delay the delay the project because they're going to miss that. You're going to miss that deadline, that milestone. So then that's that could that, yeah, that could. Like Joe and so then upper management, like, like then you start ticking off middle and upper management, and they're like, "What's going on here, guys? Yeah. Get it together, you know?" So. Yeah, Joe, Joe, like when Joe was a kid, he's like, you know, they had a project, he had to work in school, like do a science project. And Joe's like the only one doing it. 
Like the three lackeys are like, look here, mate. You guys like help me out. And, and, and like, it's yeah. like, um, and it's funny. I saw a shirt. It's like a historical tee, and it's that picture of Thomas Jefferson. And underneath wow. it, says, it says, "Oh crap, that's due tomorrow." And it says July third, seventeen seventy six. That's kind of funny, right? I just oh, like, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it's kind it. of a joke like that, you know. Um, like but it. yeah, so so Joe, uh, are we? I, I guess we're going to ask. Yeah, what? Like, right, what? Your history of mobiles. What was your first mobile? Oh God, great question. Great question, Joe. I think it was one of those Nokia um, clunkers, right? Remember the right. The, the bricks? Yeah. No, it was 3310s or whatever it was. Oh, it's... we thought it was great at 1997, whatever it was. We thought it was the cat's meow. It was like, oh, well, hey. But of course, it's a joke compared to today's. But I, okay, I can give you the very brief history uh, rundown. Let's see. It was, I think my first um, thing I went from that to like, and remember the weird thing is they kept getting smaller, right? Which is the opposite of what we see today, right? Yeah. So, I, <laughs> oh God, I went from like, I think I was on a Motorola kick after that for a while. I, I remember I wanted the StarTac. I couldn't afford it at first, but then I got it a couple of years later. I think not to, a few months, a couple of months before 9-11. How weird is that, right? right. Um, but it did get me through that. And then I think a V60, V600, all these, right? And then I think I went my first smartphone, I guess you could say, was probably, um, I think I got, uh, the, it was a BlackBerry, I believe, yeah. I think it was the, I don't remember which one, but it was weak. My mom called it a blueberry because it was actually blue, right? Color, remember right. those ones with the big, yeah, but great keyboard and great, you know, of course yeah. we know what happened to them because they focus too much on email and security and not enough on apps and everything else, right? Right. But um, I think I went from, oh God, I've had them all, Joe. I went, I think, well, not all, all and not every, but I went to, um, I still have an old T-Mobile sidekick, believe it or not. Um, oh, nice. and, yeah. And then I think, I think I had... I, uh, I think I went, I think I, I, I think I went to iPhone. It wasn't the first one. The second one, what was it? The uh, 3G, right? Right. And then four and then five. I had a terrible experience with the five. That's what put me over to Android, I think in late 20, mid, late 2015. Um, and that's when I got the Samsung Galaxy Note 5. And I really loved it, at least at yeah. first. But then, of course, we know what can happen with Samsung, the lag and touch whiz and all that, right? <laughs> and I wasn't, yeah, you know, the S Pen wasn't that sturdy. Um, and that was, yeah. And then I switched to the pixel. I switched to pixel one XL in 2018, just what, about three years ago, uh, four, well, four years ago now, 2022. Right. And, uh, that was, um, and I just, uh, three months ago, I switched to the, uh, it's over here, the, uh, Samsung galaxy S 22 ultra. So now you've got yeah. the whole, yeah. And I, I really do love it so far, so far, so good. I mean, is it, is it perfect? I don't know if there's any one perfect device for anyone or everybody, right? Across the board, we can't yeah. say that. Different people We're always seeking you guys perfection. Right, the unicorn exactly. device, right? No such thing, right? Right. Like, different, people, actually, different people have different... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I can imagine you actually use the pen. Not a lot, but to be honest. But I, I go by the Flossy Carter thing. It's better. What is it? it? It's better to have and not need it than need it and not have it. Yeah, right. So, right. <laughs> Gotta love Floss, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. And Floss, if you're listening, you're not. Okay. You, you can come on anytime you want because we'd like to have as many right. people on the show. Because we, like, because we, yeah, you know, and and, that, and that's like what it too is. Because, I mean, we, we, I was looking forward to this podcast for a while just because I, I knew I all that financial and, and that's something that a lot of people just don't hear about. And really, honestly, it's, it's, it's kind of overwhelming for a lot of people. And it can be, I mean, mm. even for people, yeah, I hope I didn't, I hope I didn't. No, I mean, the people problem run away is screaming and, but but I mean, it's one of those things where it, it you know, it's something you said may have sparked somebody that, you know, people who are younger 
or people who are looking just to get more educated and just kind of like, I was always curious, like, what about, and you got people asking questions. So clearly the, the, the audience and then people are listening to the chat, by the way, are engaged. And, and that's our oh, buddy, Dan grounded tech That's another channel. There you God, go. there's like every, all these great channels, man, get in here yeah. and get you some there. I mean, it's free folks. Dan's it not charging a fee great, to watch uh, his great, stuff, great. right? Yeah, great, great questions by everybody. Yeah, um, so I mean, people really are. I think that people are fascinated, but I think, like you said before, I think just people get a little bit um, intimidated by it. I mean, they figure like, yeah, there's just too much to get involved in. And I said, yeah, well, there is a lot to go in there. The iceberg is always deeper through the, the surface, but you have mm-hmm. to take that first step, right? You have to. Yep. It's like, it's like yep. the little golden books of asking questions, and then that hopefully would spur, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Now I you mentioned this other concept. Let's let's talk about that. And then by the time you look up, now you're yeah. already starting to kind of get a kind of a sense of what's going on, you know. And I just right. think when it comes to finance, you know, it's funny yeah. people who are tech people totally okay with talking about all the tech and these widgets right. and OS and all, but they, and they, and that stuff is highly technical. Like that's really complex. I think that the draw is it's 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 very specific. It has a lot of specificity to it, right? It's like I know that this screen does this, right. does this, does. Whereas in finance, it's like medicine it's kind of an art and it's a practice of, you know I mean? Some things don't yep. always line right up. And I think for a lot of people, it's like, well, if I did this input, why don't I have this output? Right. Well, you don't. And it's like, and that's why you see it in tech. And I, I relate it to people who are, you may have, we all have had pixels at one point, right. but how, how can Joe running the same OS, the same hardware by the same company experience these bugs? And yet I don't get it. And how right. come his doesn't do this. And right. dad does this. And how Ooh. come his doesn't, I mean, even you, you tick, t- pick 10 friends, you don't even have to go, yeah. you have to have a huge data set, right? Just pick right. 10 people right. and then ask them and they'll tell you, well, I've never seen that, but I saw this. And of course I've got the, the ultimate device of <laughs> playing right. with it and then bugging it. Like I've had right. stuff that I've seen, you know, other c- creators and talk about going, Hey, I've had this. I go, I don't have that, but I've Sound got this problem. Right. Those, you want to hear that. something though? You want to hear something as a quick aside of what you just said though, Sam? Uh, it's funny you say that. I've been kind of revisiting as uh, one of my, might say, I hate to say heroes or idols. I mean, that's a little corny, but uh, one of the, uh, Peter Lynch, I'm, you guys might've heard the name. He was a manager of Fidelity Magellan Mutual Fund for 13, 14 years yeah. between the late seventies, early nineties. Guy's still around lived in the seventies. He's a living legend, but he, he left back then. He got out while the getting was good, but he's written a couple books about it. And uh, my favorite one is one up on Wall Street. He talks about some of kind of what you just mentioned, Sam. In a way, there is, there is a little bit of that. I'll, I'll give the example. So he, he'll say something like, here's the issue that people will, you know, when they're talking about these things, right, they're talking about these devices, they're talking about, they'll do all the research on CNET and all these other channels on YouTube or wherever, right? Uh, uh, you know, you name it, Flossie, John Rettinger, Purposely Pixel, whoever it is, right? Uh, exactly. They'll do all the research in the world for for a phone or a laptop. They'll do for an appliance, for a car, right? They'll do all. When it comes to like a stock, or they'll say, "Oh, I got a hot tip from from Joe down the street." You know, not not your yeah. Joe, <laughs> but you know Billy, what I mean. Billy said it. I heard overheard one day at the water cooler, right? Billy was talking exactly. About this hot, this Billy, yeah. yeah, Billy Bob mentioned some hot uh, penny or stock <laughs> or uh, or uh, a meme stock. Like uh, and this is what this is how people some people got in trouble with GameStop, you know, and AMC. Mm-hmm. And and to your point earlier about crypto, same thing. They don't understand the volatility. They don't understand the risk. And, you know, this I didn't get in trouble. And it's like they don't put the same effort that they put into researching so many other things in their life 
uh, they don't put that effort into into their money, which is arguably the most, maybe the most important thing, right, outside of your your health and your family and whatever, you know. Right. So that always boggles my mind. I was just gonna make one other point. The speaking of these things, it's like. I'll tell you, I mean, so one point I will say, if I wasn't starting doing this as a channel, I probably would have bought a different phone, to be honest with you. I would have taken a chance on one of the Pixels. Or I think I, I think I would have even said I could have done a lesser like the S22 Plus or right, whatever. I don't know, right. you know. Um, and then I'm like, yeah, and I, or, and I could have, or, or, or another alternative to doing it this way. Uh, instead of putting all the eggs in one basket, spending my money on this one product, I could have got like a lesser phone, say a Pixel 6 and a Sony ZV-1 camera and get that nice little bokeh, you know. Right. Um, so it, it mm -hmm. all comes down to really what you value or what you basically what happened with the Pixel. The only reason I did upgrade and change, if you want the truth, um, was, was was back in April. They forced it was a what do they call it? white paper, you know, delisted like a delisted stock. Yeah, they, they delisted the, the pixel. So right. that was really that was really the impetus to, to change to upgrade and change phones. And then I, I was looking, you know, so that was my choice ultimately. But there's other directions I could have gone. And I definitely this is a big, big ass heavy phone with a big ass battery. Um, and it, it, it does it is heavy. I do have a OtterBox, uh, what is it, Defender Pro. Right. Um, and it's, it's a clonker, man. I mean, if I could, get, so you yeah, I beat me to death with the, the case you got in there for sure. Oh, absolutely. It's protective, <laughs> yeah, but, so Joe, yeah, what, what was your, what was the question you were going to ask earlier? Yeah. No, there was no question. Oh, oh or I was just being you. silly, not usual. Oh, okay. Well, I thought, that's okay. I like your <laughs> yeah, I said, um, you guys are great. I was like Pixel, wasn't it? Yeah. I said, if, um, they're having bugs, they're not using it right. Yeah. It was just a silly yeah. No, yeah, Joe's the color commentator for for our, our show, and he does a really awesome job. And so, since we're like speaking of purple two pixel, go check him out. That's our that's, yes. that's yeah, shows. Yeah. Even that's if you're not into pixels, of, uh, we, do, we do talk about other stuff. Yes, yeah, and we got the six eight. I did see my first uh, ad last night. I was uh, I was walking by yeah. the Carlo game was on, and I saw the six A ad on the tv so oh wow. yeah which is incredible because I, cool. I don't remember the last time they actually did a pixel yeah then he's got a load of pixel 6a stuff coming up yeah and there's lots of content 6a is coming up and of course because you know again not the, not the most spec heavy phone in the world but for 499 for 449 or at some point or probably 3399 yeah you know we don't have the nothing phone um here and speaking of that i do <laughs> i do what oh yeah. wow oh we gotta see that but then the yeah, funny thing is, because he's so busy, he couldn't even get into it. Like me, I would like, I don't care, unless the sky's falling down. If I would have brought the thing, I would have been unboxing it, ripping stuff out. Like, ooh, should have done it Should have right. You should have just gonna... unboxed it on here. You know, yeah, I'm right. Should have. No. I've unboxed. Gonna... Nope. So Mary you can make knows. a video of it, um, Joe. Are yeah. They yeah, I think I will. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, well, I'm subscribed. I'll definitely. I'll be looking for it. That looks looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. I get a sim at work. But the caveat is, I have to get a device to have it. Okay. So I thought, yeah, you yeah. know what? Let's dive straight in. Let's right, get well, nothing. I mean, it's really. I mean, honestly, I, I you know, Based a lot of people on... are really talking about. It. I mean, actually, I'm, the the thing I'm most kind of depressed about the fact that I really don't think it'll be a global or U.S. release probably for a while. And even if no, there were, right. if you have AT and T, they're probably not going to put it on their network. So I mean, you, even right. if they had a global U.S. launch. Unless the carriers have it, I mean, maybe if you have T-Mobile, you're okay. But if you have AT&T, you're yeah. toast, which is kind of disappointing to say the least. But uh, it yeah, was strange. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, well, strange. Before I decided on that, I think you might remember uh, Sam. I tried an iPhone for like a month, mm -hmm. an iPhone 11. 
decided it wasn't the way I wanted to stick with Android. But they didn't have this. Long story short, I wound up essentially renting, you might say, uh, uh, what is it, a OnePlus 9 um, Pro yeah. for I think it was like two weeks with no restocking fee because they felt I kind of like guilted them into it, you know, right, like exactly. Because they didn't have, they promised they'd have this and they didn't have it and they couldn't do the trade in the way I, I wanted it that AT&T had promised. So anyway, it, you know, that was a great phone. Um, but to your point, yeah, it wasn't, um, it was on 4G because it couldn't get the 5G. It wasn't, it was again, not whitelisted by AT&T. So right. it was usable, but you know, you're paying for a 5G device and you don't get the 5G. Exactly. Device. Yeah. Yes. You're not getting what you're paying for. Not exactly a bait and switch, but it's not exactly on the up and up either. And exactly. and, and like I said, and, and DT does remember this. I did when I got my original Surface Duo, I just came online one day and just started unboxing it because I was so excited. I was like, I, I have not been that excited for a device and I can't remember how long. And uh, yeah, I did that. So yeah, Joe's going to be doing hopefully his unboxing. So if you're checking out Purposely awesome. Pixel, don't think it's just Pixel. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, it is Pixel centric, right. and yeah, there are lots of videos. If you if you if you are into that um, lifestyle, then you have a Pixel device. But they got other stuff. It's good tech rants, and Joe does a great job of the video editing and and being on the show. And actually has right. videos, and they're pretty good. You should check them out. Purposely Pixel Definitely. YouTube channel, and then of course our sponsor Joe. That's ExtremeSkins.co.uk. Nice. What do they do there? Yeah. Siding, uh, like, you know, like you know, they, they protect your like tech drapes. and style, mate. They, they probably do some like tech widgets, widgets, <laughs> okay. yeah, they, yeah, like that. There you what? go. See, and Joe's right. got one there. Nice. So if you if you like uh, you like the color of your phone, which you probably do, if you have a Pixel, you have a few color choices. But if you don't, you want to jazz it up and protect it at the same time, and you don't want to do you know you don't want to lose a whole bunch of money doing it at the same time. Check them out, extremeskins.co.uk, and they also deliver to the U.S. So don't feel if they do if indeed. Like, yeah, and nice. then make, make Mark to make your device look sharp eventually, maybe. Definitely. And if you take the outer box off because you got it basically surrounded by a, essentially what is it, a brick, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, it's like it, it won't skin, add yeah. a lot of heft. I can tell you, it's very light, nice. It's easy to go on, and if you do misapply it, they will make fun of you if you do so. So that's kind of cool. nice. They got a little edge to them. That's a good team over there. Check them out. I'll consider that. Yeah. Yeah. Check them nice out. Yeah. Yeah. So we are at the one hour mark, and um, and I have to say I, I I'm so I've, I've been looking forward to this chat because I knew it wasn't just going to be phone based and all that kind of stuff. And it, we actually have talked a bunch, like I said, for years and years, and actually now we're meeting face to face. So that has been it's more of a pleasure to actually uh, to meet you in person. And like I said, you're always gentlemen. welcome. Yeah, welcome to come on the show anytime, and we can talk because usually we talk about food and sport and all kinds of other yeah. stuff. So. Usually, unfortunately, when you have people on, they talk about their, you know, their interests. And by the time you look up, you're at the one hour mark. So we, uh, yeah. we don't want we don't want to miss that because I'm sure you have uh, a regular life and you like to you probably have food stories, especially if you're in the Boston and grew up in that kind of Massachusetts, Eastern <laughs> East Coast kind yeah. of thing. There's a lot of good food choices in that area. I went to Boston. Not so much barbecue and pizza. Not so much. But the rest of the stuff. Pretty pretty fantastic. We can have you on and we can chat about that at some other. Well, you'd be time. surprised, New Jersey. We kind of hold our own, but yeah, um, not if I really, Boston area, yeah, yeah that's okay. But if you really, if I really want diversity, I go into Manhattan, of course. That's oh yeah, the, I mean, yeah, come on now, really seriously. And if especially if you want to do three thirty in the morning, you're just like, I'm right. gonna go get a slice and pff, head across. Right. The, and uh, it's yeah. it's like ten. It's a ten minute. Uh, there's no there's buses. That's a ten minute. There's a there's actually a subway called the Path that goes that goes right. into the city, and there's ferries. And there's no excuse to say, oh, I can't get into the city. Or you can just drive through the Lincoln or Holland Tunnel. So yep. tons of four different, four, at least four different options. And look at that. We, oh, we drew, wow. We drove Thank you. Thank too, you. So yeah. that's great. 
So, and I'll, you, as always, so the, the door is always open for a future. You just let us know what your schedule is like, and we would love to have you on and have another additional chat. It was, it's been our honor thank and you. our privilege to have you on. Yeah, and everybody definitely. in the chat, DT and Dan, and, and thank you guys. Everybody else was, I saw a couple of, a couple of other people that are probably. probably oh, familiar. that's, that's my friend, Charles. I think you, you might've met him. I think in one of my rooms also on club. Okay, yeah. cool. And Jewel yeah. and everything, Greg had to pop in Chang, and Dan yeah. and all them. So, and then uh, Barry. So for everybody in the chat, thanks for the great questions of DT. Hopefully you're taking care of yourself and hopefully studies are going okay. I, I don't know what kind of doctor, I don't know how long you'll be in school to be a doctor mm. in the country he's in, I wow. guess like 50 years or something. He'll be like my age <laughs> when he actually gets a medical degree. I'm just kidding. I get in trouble. Right. So yeah. No, thanks we, again, guys, for this. The pleasure is all mine. And I'll definitely come back whenever you, when you have me. So I've been oh, really absolutely. enjoying this. Absolutely. So uh, Joe, any any final thoughts or last words for, for today's Just episode? a couple of things. Getting the Lionesses, winning the Euro. Yay. Beating Germany today to one. Okay. Get in. Yes. And uh, look after your finances and love your tech. Absolutely. I like well it. Said. And for Very myself, good. for Sam, for Shark Fan, that's our show for today. Come back next Sunday. I think we have, uh, I think Jermaine might be coming on next Sunday, I believe. We that's do. We have so that's have your schedule. But, you know, as always, that's the, if, if Jermaine can't make it, then he's going to be stuck with us. So, I mean, that's bad and terrible. That's not a bad thing. It could be. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, our channel knows us. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're you're brand new to our show in this format. They they know we're we, we ain't about it. We're we're kind of lame, so that's okay. But we don't we don't care. We do it for the love of the game and for their for their comments and engagement. We love our love our yeah. fans, and we'll be back next Sunday about three o'clock. And if it's a little late, yeah, it's pretty much par for the course for us. We we're okay with it. So take care of yourselves. Have a good week. Stay hydrated. Stay engaged with all your things and make sure you check us out and also check out all the people in the chat for Jermaine and Dan and all them and, and Sharks Channel, Jewel, Tech for Your Knees. Check them out. Get them, give them some love. Watch their content. They're doing it because they like doing They're really, really good people. So that'll be it. Take care of yourselves. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye, guys.